I'm Orb Kimbrough, Chairman and CEO of Midwest Bank Center, St. Louis's second largest privately owned bank. We are the proud sponsor, Form Focus, because when we dream big, we all rise together. Welcome to Form Focus, the podcast construction forum. I'm Tom Finan, the executive director and co-founder of the forum. On Forum Focus, you'll hear the stories of stakeholders in the St. Louis region's built environment. They're working to create inclusive, robust employment and economic growth. Forum Focus is diverse, it's unbiased, and it's civil. Today, we're talking with Joe Lewandowski, a project director for McCarthy Building Company's Central Region. Lewandowski is leading the construction team on Phase 3 of the BJC Healthcare Campus Renewal Project. This project entails a replacement for Queenie Tower located at Kings Highway and Barnes Place. McCarthy was the general contractor on Queenie, which was completed in 1965. Since joining McCarthy in 2005, Lewandowski has managed a range of prominent hospital expansion projects most notably the New Orleans VA Medical Center, a nine-building new campus that replaced critical medical infrastructure damaged by Hurricane Katrina. The BJC Phase 3 project includes the use of innovative technology and a strong focus on diversity and inclusion. Let's listen to our interview with Joe Lewandowski. So you've been with McCarthy for like 16 years, is that right? Yes, sir. Joined in 2005 and uh, have been here my whole professional career. Okay, so you and your specialty has been to some degree uh, healthcare stuff. Yeah, yeah. My, you know, from the time I started uh, until now, my career has been exclusively hospitals, with one exception where I built an elementary school in Dallas. But yeah, uh, healthcare all the way, all across the country. And the biggest was that uh, the New Orleans after the VA down there? Or? Yeah, yeah, the, the VA replacement hospital uh, was down there from 2013 until uh, 2016, the end of 16. Uh, yeah, it was about a billion dollar uh, campus to uh, replace the VA hospital that was a part of the Katrina catastrophe. So this one is a little bit smaller. There you go. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, piece of cake, right? Yeah. So, um, and you're following on McCarthy built the uh, original building that was just taken down, and yeah, I think it completed right. in '65. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, in the 1960s, McCarthy was contracted for the original build of the Queenie Tower. So, yeah, we're excited to be a part of the, the replacement hospital here, the tower, in the, in the same spot. Okay, so it's not quite as tight, I don't think, in terms of staging as it was at Forest Park, but it's tight enough. So what kind of challenges do you have? And then you you throw a pandemic on top of it and a couple of other things. So what does that look like for you going into this project? Yeah, certainly the logistics of the project are challenging, right? The 
the intersection of Kings Highway and Barnes Jewish Hospital Plaza right there is an extraordinarily congested space. So, um, you know, we're working to really take that uh, the, the traffic piece of this out of the, uh, the equation, have some staging areas where we can radio trucks in and make sure that we don't block that intersection and compound the problem that that, uh, that exists there today. Right. Uh, on top of that, you know, we're trying to minimize any additional traffic lanes that we take for any period of time. So part of the enabling work is to uh, widen the south side of Barnes Jewish Plaza. Uh, and so we're going to add a lane there and that'll really help ease the congestion through the construction uh, so that people travel in that space can uh, get from A to B as easy as possible. Um, outside of that, certainly as we're work erecting, you know, a 16 story tower there uh, right on the corner with a, essentially a zero lot line, we're going to have one traffic lane. Uh, in and out of the project and making sure that we're really taking all the precautions safety wise as we're flying materials uh, and we're keeping everything inside the fence, uh, making sure that we have proper safety netting up in case, you know, of, of anything that was unplanned. We want to make sure that we've got keeping pedestrians and patients and, of course, all the workers on site safe. Okay. So you've got um, a logistics issue, I would think, in terms of materials and that. Uh, and then there was a kind of a a pause in BJC's schedule. So what does that look like from where you're sitting? So originally McCarthy was brought onto the team in December of 2019 uh, to begin design and pre-construction services. Uh, The the project is a design build project, uh, meaning that the architects, engineers, and design partners all work for McCarthy on the job. Uh, And so BJC's contract is with McCarthy for the whole design and construction of the project. So during that time, you know, December of 2019 was just a few months before the pandemic hit. Um, Obviously, that uh, gave leadership from BJC some pause uh, while they evaluated what the impacts of that were going to be. So there was about a nine-month period where the project was put on hold while they evaluated what that was going to look like. So, um, you know, originally the project was to start sometime in spring of 2020. I'm sorry, spring of 2021. Uh, and right now it looks like we're going to get started out there next month in November of 2021. So about that nine month delay, uh, and getting going, but again, really good stuff. The team stayed together during that period and figuring out some innovative ways to continue to collaborate and communicate through all of that. So, uh, keep the design process going once the project was, was, uh, was taken off the shelf and, and we could continue planning and, and executing the job. So everything I just threw was pretty straightforward. This is a little bit of a sidewinder, but uh, with COVID, we've also got restrictions within the healthcare uh, community, and we've also got a federal mandate. I don't know if they've got federal dollars on this or not, but regardless, you've got to do a lot of COVID containment on this project in terms of the workforce. So what does that look like? So McCarthy has in place, you know, our COVID procedures, uh, and they basically will follow the CDC guidelines. So, um, you know, we will require masking where required. Uh, certainly, if anyone is going inside the hospital, we will follow BJC's policies on that piece, and you'd have to refer to them for those. But um, we have a daily screening process where we have people self-screen and make sure that we're not taking anybody into the site that's feeling ill or, uh, or otherwise, you know, at risk for the COVID. Uh, and then we have procedures in place if something was to happen in terms of quarantining and reporting and making sure that we are keeping everybody there on site safe. Okay. Um, in terms of the project itself, um, there's, oops, hang on, I'm getting my cords going nuts here on me. Get 
rid of the buzz, Tom. That'll all be edited out. (laughs) In terms of the, um, Mm. I'm sure you can hear that too. There we go. Okay. Um, In terms of the project itself, uh, what kind of innovative stuff, modular stuff, computer-generated design do you have going on that we should know about? Yeah, so McCarthy, um, being one of the nation's top health-built healthcare construction managers, we we definitely utilize the latest innovation here, right? So we've implemented a system called Revisto. Uh, What that is is a 3D coordination platform. It's similar to Navisworks, but allows the team to work both in 3D and 2D in a combined fashion. So it allows everybody, um, you know, no matter how they process and see the information to be identifying and resolving design issues as quickly as possible. It's a terrific program. Uh, And, you know, McCarthy is one of the early adopters of this thing, and we're piloting it out on this project. Uh, So far, it's going really well, plays really well in the design space, and we can anticipate continuing to use that through construction. In addition to that, uh, you know, industry-wide, there's a tendency to move towards pre, uh, prefabrication and off-site fabrication, and we're continuing that on this project as well. So uh, the bathroom pods, uh, all the restrooms for all of the patient rooms in the tower will be constructed off-site, flown in. That allows, you know, obviously better safety during the construction as we're taking those man hours off of the project site. Is that being done locally or is it order. being done out of state? Say that again. Is that being done locally or is it being yes. done? Okay. Yep. So the, the prefabrication of the pods is done uh, through a joint venture of some local trade partners uh, and will be done here, you know, just miles away from the project site. Okay. So that'll allow us to, you know, pick up time on the schedule. It'll allow us to improve the quality of the project. Uh, and, and obviously the, the safety aspect of that is, is big for us. In addition to that, you know, many of the trade partners themselves already have a good prefabrication program in place uh, where they are prefabricating uh, racks for um, piping and ductwork and uh, electrical conduit and bringing all that stuff to the site just in time so that we don't have um, nearly as many materials and workers on site. Um, so all that stuff is beneficial for the project. Who are your MEPs on this job? Um, we have uh, Icon Mechanical. And Saks Electric. Okay. And so the uh, Icon is, now Icon did the other tower too, so they're doing the penthouse for this and all the interior piping as well? or That's correct. And the Saks is, is also prefabbing offside? They are, yep. Okay. And who's your team for the uh, bathroom pods? Uh, the bathroom pods team is run by uh, TD4. Okay. Uh, so that's Tommy Davis Jr. Right. Uh, and his group. And then underneath him, he's partnered with uh, TJ Weiss and um, DeLuca Plumbing mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Guarantee Electric. Okay. So obviously, uh, both on the McCarthy side and on the uh, BJC side, diversity inclusion is a big deal. So uh, how do you... Um, in this market, find the partners that you need to do what you need to do when you need to get it done. Yeah, good question, Tom. So the you know obviously diversity and inclusion is a extraordinarily important piece of this project and and important to the job as well as our community. So McCarthy has been in this space and operating uh, here in St. Louis for you know 100 and 
50 years as we continue to uh, to work with the local partners, right? So in cooperation with uh, Missouri Work Initiatives, Building Upon Diversity or the BUD program, mm-hmm. uh, pre-apprentice program, we're working with those folks uh, supporting the training program. As we increase jobs in the construction trades for minority, female, uh, and St. Louis city-based residents. So we're really hoping that that program attracts interest from individuals who've been underrepresented in the construction industry mm-hmm. uh, and are living in our neighborhoods and surrounding the projects such as BJC. We'll return to our interview with Joe Lewandowski of McCarthy after this word from Construction Forum. Listen, as Mark Bielicki of Laborers Local 110 explains why COVID vaccination is important to him. COVID uh, vaccination is very important. There's a lot of lives around us that have perished. And um, it also affected me, my family. It took my 51-year-old girlfriend on Thanksgiving Day last year, 2020. Uh, I also myself was in the hospital in grave danger of dying. So I think that helping the world better so we don't have this stuff happen to us, our family members, our co-workers, those in our community, they're the people that we're going to help when we get vaccinated. It's not about I, I, me, me. It's about us. It takes a village and we got to do this together. So please, everyone, get vaccinated because it's the people that are coming behind us is why we're building this wonderful society in a safe manner. For more information, go to VaxFactsSTL.com. That's V-A-X-F-A-C-T-S-S-T-L.com. Now let's return to our interview with Joe Lewandowski of McCarthy. I heard that the that the trailer concept that was uh, Donald Christian may be used on this project. Is that correct? With bringing kids out to the job? Yeah, the um, the BJC resource trailer mm-hmm. is uh, that that trailer is actually uh, being delivered to the site here in a couple of weeks, uh, and is a partnership between McCarthy and BJC Tarleton, uh, and really all of the general contracting community here in St. Louis. Uh, that that is a trailer that is offered up. Uh, as a space to educate, train, recruit, um, and just make sure that people have the opportunity to come see what the construction is all about. So Tarleton did the original trailer. Do they have a role in this project, or is it simply the trailer part of it? Simply the trailer. Okay. And uh, is McCarthy's involved in helping to equip the trailer for this job, or are you just... Yeah, Yeah, we've been involved in logistically getting the trailer there, and then we're taking... Um, along with Tarleton to schedule uh, the different training sessions and we'll obviously perform the upkeep of the trailer and make sure that things are in order uh, as they continue to plan out the sessions for the, for the years to come. Okay, so uh, do you have, do you have uh, in terms of boots on the ground, in terms of uh, contractor participation, do you have goals that you have to meet and where do you stand on those at this point? Yeah, the the, the participation goals for uh, phase three uh, of the BJC project are 25% minority owned and 5% women owned business enterprise. 
uh, and then also 25% minorities and 5% women for individual workforce participation. Um, so you say you've got 16 floors to build. I mean, uh, and you've got we've got modularized stuff going in. And how are we? Um, how are how are all those different pieces coming together? And, and what does the timeline look like? And sure, yeah. So uh, as I mentioned, construction starts um, you know here in a month yeah. uh, or at the beginning of November, um, and they are expecting to see the first patient in the tower. Uh, in summer of 2025, okay. uh, and so through that time frame, right? It's about you know three and a half years. We're going to see um, that it's a cast-in-place concrete frame. So we'll be continuing the structure up until sometime third quarter of 23. Uh, and in the meantime, we'll be as we're as the structure's coming up, we'll begin building the skin from the lower floors uh, around the building enclosure. Uh, the building enclosure is comprised mainly of glass um, and uh, what is called UHPC or ultra high performance concrete panels. And as we continue up the tower, uh, we'll begin the interior fit out as the building becomes enclosed to a, a point that we can begin to do that. Construction completion is targeted right now for the end of 24. So uh, who is your, if you selected the, I'm assuming you have the contractor for the concrete uh, structure. Yeah, McCarthy is self-performing the concrete structure. Okay. Uh, we have a number of trade partners uh, that, that we're working with as well. Okay, and and the uh, enclosure, who's doing that? Well, there's a um, each component of the enclosure is subcontracted out directly to McCarthy. Okay. Uh, so we have uh, Ventana doing our curtain wall. We have uh, High Camp Masonry partnered with Trinity Masonry doing the masonry around the building, uh, the limestone on the first mm-hmm. five floors. Uh, and then we have Niehaus uh, doing the uh, studs and sheathing portion of it. Okay, so um, how much of the, the enclosure stuff is modularized? So the, um, the upper 10 floors of the building, so from level 6 to 16, uh, is all a modularized system. It's all what is called a unitized curtain wall system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so whether that is glass or it's the ultra-high performance concrete, the facade will be mounted to unitized curtain wall frames uh, and then set from a, a crane interior to the building uh, up around the up around the entire enclosure of the, the uh, building. Okay. Um, Technology-wise within the building, what's new, interesting, exciting, different from what you've worked on elsewhere? Um, you know, Technology-wise, in terms of systems and procedures, I have to defer to BJC on that. Okay. Um, but but uh, well, challenging to build. Let's put it that way. Okay. Say that again. Challenging to build. Let's put it that way. Yeah, challenging to build for sure. Um, you know what we the, the building will be on the upper floors is uh, you know acute patient care with uh, two ICU floors and the repetitiveness of that. Um, really allows for a pretty consistent process in the construction and is why it led us to some of the prefabrication of the building pods. The lower floors will be all of the diagnostics uh, and the pre and PACU areas. So that'll be a little bit more unique as we go each floor to floor. Uh, certainly the, the innovations that take place there to ease that construction uh, is that upfront planning the Revisto that I mentioned, uh, mm-hmm. the 3D coordination of all that space so that we're able to essentially build the job before we build the job uh, and make sure that we're well prepared to uh, to handle any of those challenges that come our way. 
Okay. Uh, I understood, and I may be incorrect in this, but this is my understanding, that part of the issue with the pause in construction was how do you disconnect the existing utilities to the building, create new pathways? Uh, I think there was backup or something that was built nearby. How did, what does that look like? Or am I correct, first of all? And what does that look like, and how is that all reconnected then once you're done? So I would be speculating on how the detanglement happened. That was not part of the contract scope right. from McCarthy. Uh, right. That was a part that was phase two of the project. Mm-hmm. So I might defer to BJC on that piece. Um, bringing things in, uh, you know, the the phase three project is part of a large larger campus renewal program, and so there has been plans already for bringing things like. Um, you know, the power and the chilled water uh, and all the utilities that are needed to service the hospital in. Um, most of those things are coming from adjacent buildings, and all we really need to do then is extend those services into the new building. Um, we're accomplishing that either underground uh, or there are some elevated um, you know, connections to adjacent buildings uh, that will carry some of those utilities back and forth. Okay. How many workers do you expect to have on the site at peak? Um, and how many contractors yeah. to all, the whole picture there, if you can, by the numbers? Sure. Yeah, I think we're going to have around uh, 300 to 325 people at peak. That'll be in the 2023 calendar year. Um, and total contractors, you know, the, the, because of the diversity and inclusion and the importance of that on this project, we're really encouraging people to go grab partners uh, and make sure that we are facilitating that. So we'll have uh, more more individual trade partners on this job than we traditionally would have. Uh, I think that'll be somewhere in the neighborhood of 100 to 150 okay. um, trade partners on the job. Um, they will be nested in tiers amongst each other. But uh, again, it, it's McCarthy's job and, and definitely our responsibility to make sure that those that each trade partner, whether they're first tier to us or second tier to us, have uh, you know the opportunity to succeed on the job. So we're kind of managing all of those partners at the same time. So there's issues that have come up in the, they come up all the time, but they've come up in the past in terms of bringing MWBEs on in terms of the payment process, mentoring with them, all those kinds of things. What does that look like from McCarthy's perspective? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it, you know, certainly the team has put together, uh, and when I say the team, I mean BJC and McCarthy uh, and our design partners put together a diversity and inclusion functional team, right? That's a dedicated set of individuals who are focused on the project-specific inclusion plan. Uh, we call that the PSIP. So early on in the process, two-plus years ago, when we sat down and decided what this project was going to look like, uh, that was a huge piece of it. So we began putting our brains together, uh, collect, collectively collaborating here on what that needs to, to really look like. And so uh, an element of that um, was certainly bringing together um, all of the giving maximum opportunity across the job. So whether that is creative bid packaging, breaking out smaller scopes of work on large projects like this, sometimes you'll have these major packages that uh, can be exclusive for smaller subcontractors. So, um, you know, thinking creatively about how to package the work uh, and then also making sure that everybody understood their responsibilities uh, Mm -hmm. in terms of how we're going to capture 
how we're going to capture feedback, what we're going to do with that information. So we send out monthly surveys to all of our trade partners, first, second, third tier, uh, to gather feedback on how that process is going. Mm -hmm. The payment process is also key with that, right? So our goal is to make sure that we get all of those trade partners paid uh, in a reasonable time frame that allows their business to succeed. It's kind of an individual piece, right? So obviously we want those numbers to be down as, as quick as uh, payments made as quickly as we possibly can. Uh, so the, the team is currently in the process. We, we have a process for design uh, and paying all of our design partner, um, in, you know, in an expedited fashion. And we're currently putting the final touches on that construction plan, what that's going to look like so that we can make sure that all of our second and third tier, um, you know, disadvantaged business partners get, get paid in the same time frame. Okay. So are there any questions that I have not asked you today that you thought I was going to ask you? No, Tom, I, I mean, this has been great. I really appreciate the opportunity, uh, you know, and I just, just want to reiterate, right, that, uh, you know, we not only take pride in, in building for BJC, who's a national leader among health corps organizations, uh, but also feel special to be building a hospital that's so important to the people in and around St. Louis, including our own families, friends, and neighbors. I appreciate the time. Okay, thank you, sir. Thanks for yeah, the interview. Thanks, Thanks for listening to Forum Focus, the podcast of Construction Forum. I'm your host, Tom Feynman.